All right, let's take our Bibles now and turn to the book of Psalm 119 and verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. It's a verse some of you memorized growing up, and I want to talk about the importance of memorization uh, this morning, and I want to title the sermon, A Vital to Victory. A Vital to Victory. All right, A Vital to Victory. There are many things that are vital to living a life of victory as a believer in Jesus Christ. I want to just focus on one of those vital things today, and that is Scripture memorization. Scripture memorization is absolutely vital to you or I being victorious in our Christian walk. I don't know if you like being victorious or if you like being defeated all the time. It's up to you, I guess. There's some people don't mind being defeated. They get a sick sense of pleasure out of uh, feeling sorry for themselves all the time. And I'm serious. But I'd rather live on the victory side. And uh, God says, thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to bring a vital, something that is absolutely vital, for you to be a victorious Christian someday, because every one of us in this room, without exception, have battles with those three major uh, categories of opposition, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, He's not going to leave you alone, okay? Uh, You might think, but I'm just obscure. I'm just insignificant. I'm a nobody. He don't care. He's coming after you. Uh, The world's coming after you. Your flesh is going to battle you from the moment you open up your eyes in the morning till you go to bed at night. And uh, so we have a a battle. And uh, Solomon said there is no discharge from this war. It's not like it ends when you reach 70 or 80 and the devil says, okay, that's enough. Uh, No, he really comes at you at the end. Uh, Higher levels, higher devils. And new levels, new devils. And it doesn't matter how much you have grown in the Lord. Uh, He's, uh, if you've become really mature and really strong, well, then he sends his stronger devils after you. It never ends. It never ends. And we need to arm ourselves We need to arm ourselves for the victory. And one of the vitals that we must have for victory is memorization. We must memorize the scriptures and that will help give us the victory. Notice Psalm 119 and verse number 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. That's memorization. Now notice the product. That I might not sin against thee. That's victory. Okay, the vital is in the first part of the verse. The victory is in the second part of the verse. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word. God's word is the Bible. All 66 books of this completed revelation that we hold in our hands today is the word of God. It is said about Fanny Crosby that she had almost half of the Bible memorized by the time she died and she was blind all of her life. Uh, They said that no matter what verse a preacher or a Christian began to quote in her presence, she could finish the verse and continue on with the text and say it word perfect because she used her mind. We're wasting our minds today on television, sports, and 
and uh, internet sites and listening to constant music and not using our brains, the God-given brains. It's amazing the potential of the God-given brains He's given you and I uh, if we could uh, use them. I know they were talking about Pastor Neeson yesterday, how he memorized all the president's names, all the vice president's names, all the dates that they were inaugurated, and everything he just used his mind for those kind of things. It's amazing what you and I can accomplish with our minds. I remember uh, Jack Van Impey when he was alive and, and working in a, a big uh, revival meeting down in Buffalo with him and he was called the walking Bible because he knew over 7,000 verses of Scripture uh, by memory. And, uh, and uh, I'm not saying that I endorse everything Jack Van Impey did or how he finished, but he knew a lot of Scripture and it, it, it helped. And we should uh, memorize a lot of Scripture. Thy word have I hidden my heart. That's, that's memorizing it. That I might not sin uh, against thee. There's many other verses too, and I'm going to read a bunch. You don't have to follow me uh, along on these here, but they say about the same thing, about the need to get the Scripture into our hearts. Psalm 37, verse 31. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Notice the victory he has. None of his steps shall slide. Why? Because the word, the law of his God is in his heart. It helps him and keeps him from sliding. In Psalm 40 and verse number 8, it says, I delight to do thy will, O God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. And so this this, uh, man is delighting in the the will of the Lord. He's doing God's will. He's living in the victory uh, because thy law is uh, within my heart. In Job 22 and verse number 22, uh, receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thy heart. Lay up his words in thy heart. That means memorize Scripture, memorize Scripture, lay up His words in your heart. In Psalm, I'm sorry, Proverbs, I think it is chapter 2 and verse number 1, so, thou, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Nope, that's the wrong verse. Um, Isaiah 51 verse 7. I got just a couple more verses here by way of introduction. Psalm 50, Isaiah 51 7, hearken unto me. Ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings. And so this person is also living in the victory because they have the law of the Lord in their heart. Uh, Even in the New Testament, it tells us in uh, the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16, let the word of Christ Dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Notice that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. No lot of God's word. Let it dwell in you richly and it will help you on to the victory. When Jesus was tempted... And he is our pattern in everything. 
The devil tempted him in Matthew chapter number 4 and said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. That was the first temptation. Jesus responded by quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3 from the Old Testament. And it says here in Matthew 4 verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So as Jesus was tempted by the devil, he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3 from the Old Testament in his um, resistance to Satan. Well, the devil didn't give up there. And he said in verse 6, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest that any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And in saying that, he was quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 16 from the Old Testament when he was tempted the second time. When he was tempted the third time, the devil took him up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Verse 8. And now Matthew 4 and verse 9. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. That's what Satan said. Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And in doing so, he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 10 in verse number 20. And the Bible tells us that the devil left him for a season. The devil tucked his tail between his legs and ran off, defeated. Why? Because Jesus hit him three times with the word of God. And the Bible promises us in James chapter 4 and verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so we see that the way Jesus resisted the devil was by hitting him, quoting scripture that he obviously had in his memory. Now turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 6. This famous text here is on what we call the armor of God. The armor of God. Ephesians chapter number 6. And it it's a long study in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament. The armor of God, and it talks about our battle with the devil, personal, the personal battle you have, and he's, he's working some of you over, I know that. He, he, he comes at us at every age, in your youth, in your adult life, in your senior citizen years. He never backs off, he never will. And so it tells us here in verse number 10, Ephesians 6, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. All right? He's got certain wiles. That word literally comes from a Greek word, methodia, which means methods. And they're all the same, every generation. He never changes. And so we're supposed to be wise to his wiles and put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. It's not the people we can see, but it's the unseen world that we wrestle against. The unseen world. So we are to take on the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. So it is possible if we obey the Lord to stand. The devil doesn't have to get the best of us. We don't have to get knocked down. We don't have to be in that continual state of repenting every day and saying, God, I did it again. Forgive me. If that describes you, then, then, then listen up. Maybe one of the vitals that you're missing to, to lead you on to victory is scripture memorization. There's a lot of other ones too. But a lot of times people, it's the same day, same, same thing every day. Here I am, Lord, confessing the same sin, the same sin. I might as well confess tomorrow's because I'm going to do it again. They have just given themselves over to defeat. Defeat. And they have not clothed themselves in the armor of God. They think, well, that's just the way I am, so I guess it's just the way I always have to be. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. When I was in the Army, we just had Veterans Day. I can remember the reception station. Boy, what a zoo that was. You had all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life coming in there. And I was in the days of the hippie, you know, people coming in with afros, people coming with hair down their back and everything, and people walking like this. And, and, you know, and one week later, they're walking like this. You can't tell me people can't change in a hurry. I've seen it. People can change in a hurry, man. I've seen them just stand up, and, and by the time nine weeks of basic training was over, man, we were a well-polished machine just marching as a battalion. It was just something to watch what men could do. When they put on the uniform of a United States soldier, or Marine, Air Force, they're all the same, Navy, and some of them, some of them got to go through more than others, that's for sure, like Marines. But it's amazing how fast people can change when they put on a uniform. And you and I should not be spending 10 or 20 or 30 years confessing the same sin over and over and over and over again. Brethren, be humble, be honest, and say, I'm missing something. I am missing something. What is it? God help me. And this is a great passage. We can't go through all this, but it says... Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, so you can stand. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt, about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All these have explanations on how you can practically, in a spiritual way, put these on. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And, and that means all, all the fiery darts of the wicked, not some of them. And take the helmet of salvation and, now notice this, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, if you'll notice this here, this is your only offensive weapon. It is the only weapon you can fight with. All the others are de defensive or protective. The shield of faith, your shoes, and so on and so forth, your helmet. You can't go out there and take your helmet off and start beating an enemy with it. That's not how you win wars. Oh, they give you an M16A1 semi-automatic rifle and you, 
You learn that weapon so well in basic training, you can blindfold yourself, take it apart, clean it, put it back together, and have it function. Because you learn your weapon so well. Our only offensive weapon is the Bible. We need to learn our Bible so well, we can use it in any situation, any temptation, any age. Teenagers don't have to be failures and be like all the other losers of their generation. You don't have to. You can rise above that. Same with 20s and 30s and 40s. And and all you young men, you don't have to fall in line and just watch football and suck down beer. There's more to manhood than that. And then you can give our lives to the Lord. Ladies, you don't have to be feminists. You don't have to succumb to that. Oh, I got my rights. No, you know, not, 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 not the Christian woman. You got your responsibilities and your roles according to the scriptures, not your rights. Women don't have rights. Men don't have rights. We're to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And that's how I can imagine in the army saying, I got my rights. Yeah, you got the right to the door. Get out. And they kicked out a lot of those guys. I saw a lot of them in basic training. They didn't make it. Nine weeks. They couldn't take it for nine weeks. Someone telling them what to do. And uh, bye-bye. Off they went home. We don't have rights in the army. You become the property of the federal government. And uh, if they say you be at such and such a place at such and such a time, you're not there. You're AWOL. They take you and put you in the brink. But I got my, no, they don't know. We own you. God owns us. We're not our own. We belong to the Lord. And we need to be soldiers. We're supposed to, uh, 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 Timothy, Paul told Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So you can please him who hath chosen you to be a soldier. And so you learn your weapon. Uh, you learn the, the light anti-tank weapon. You learn how to throw grenades. I, mean, I had a live grenade in my hand one time. Man, that's scary. Okay, thumb the clip. Twist, pull, pin. Stand there. Count so many times. Now throw it. You're like, man, you're behind this big concrete barrier and you throw the thing and the whole earth shakes. Boom! Say, wow, that thing was just in my hand. But you learn how to use the thing. You've got to learn your weapon. The only weapon we have is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, verse 17. Now that doesn't mean get a King James Bible and walk around with it all day long and take unto you the sword of the Spirit. Okay, I'm walking around with the King James Bible. No, you better have it in your heart. Not just have I remember a guy that came to our church and he was, he was just... He fit under the description of... Uh, one of those strange bugs. You ever hear that saying, the gospel light attracts a lot of strange bugs? And I could see the guy's obviously having problems with his wife and his kids and everything. And So I went to his house sometime. He says, Pastor Cole, don't worry about me. That's what he said to me. He said, don't worry about me. He said, let me show you something. And he showed me a King James Bible in his bathroom, a King James Bible in his bedroom, a King James Bible in his living room. King James Bible in his... He had a King James Bible in every room of his house and he thought that was going to do the trick. Bunch of leather and paper and black ink. 
And eventually his wife left him, kids left him, couldn't stand him and everything. Just, just, his life just unraveled. Because he didn't have it in his heart. When it says, take unto you the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that means you've got to memorize Scripture. Take unto you. My drill sergeant, drill sergeant Scott, I got a picture of him downstairs. He was about this big. He could outrun any of us. I mean, he just came back from Vietnam, and he was not nice. I went in four months after Vietnam ended. But he was the North Carolina State fencing champion. That guy knew how to handle a sword. I mean, he, he could cut your, your face up and probably your head off before you knew whatever happened. He knew how to handle a sword. And the believers in Christ, the men and the women who are victorious and they're still standing and they're not confessing the same sin over and over and over for years are the ones who've learned to handle the sword, the Word of God. The Word of God. They memorized Scripture. Jesus used it. He was tempted by the devil. He just said, bang. Second temptation, bang. Second temptation, bang. And the devil said, I think I don't like getting poked anymore. I think I'll just go away for a while. I'll go bother someone else who doesn't have a sword. If you don't have verses and scriptures in your heart and mind, you don't have a sword. I'm not trying to hurt you today. I'm trying to help you. I'm I'm trying to say you got to pick up your sword and you got to start learning how to use it. Uh, Drill Sergeant Scott was not an expert swordsman the first time he picked up a sword. But he learned how to use it and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced. And so with us, sometime you've got to decide in your life, that's it. I'm tired of being defeated. I'm picking up the Bible. And I'm going to start memorizing scriptures. I told this story many times, and some haven't heard it, though. But I remember another guy in our church, and he had an anger problem. I'd never seen a man with such an anger problem in his life. It was so bad, I used to have a baseball bat in my office because I was literally, physically scared of him. I really did. His, his, his rage was like just in his poor wife and kids, you know. And I finally said to him one day, I said, and he admitted that he had an anger problem. I said, do you know one verse, one verse by memory out of this book that says anger is wrong? Do you know one verse? Do you have one single verse memorized? He said, No. He almost acted like, what's that got to do with anything? It's got to do with everything. It's a vital to victory. And so I gave him verses to memorize, and I, I practiced one myself, make no friendship. With an angry man and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. I said, man, I'm not hanging around this guy. And I gave him a bunch of verses. I wrote them out. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. I said, you need to memorize that verse right there. And uh, Proverbs 16 verse 3, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. He that is slow to anger. I said, you need to memorize that And Ephesians 4 and 
verse 31, let all wrath and anger and, and uh, bitterness, and uh, I can't remember it all now, uh, be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Uh, verses on anger. I said, do you know any? He said, no, I don't know any. So I wrote them down. I said, here, I said, memorize these. And then when the devil tempts you to be angry and he, and he pushes your button every day, for one, stand up and stick them. And say, no, get thee behind me, Satan, because it is written, anger rests in the bosom of fools. And I'm not going to be a fool anymore. And Satan would probably get... You know, we don't know many weaknesses of the devil, but one we do, we're taught very clearly in the scriptures, is that he does not like to be resisted. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you, James 4, 7. 1 John 5, 8, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. Resist them. How? With the word of God. He, he doesn't like the word of God. He doesn't, nobody liked it. I mean, if, if somebody stuck you three times with a sword, you'd say, hey, they got to go bother someone else. That's not pleasant. And he left Jesus for a season. Oh, he'll be back. Stick him again. I don't know what your weakness is, but you do. And you need to get yourself some verses of Scripture and uh, get them memorized about that particular temptation you face. And you get those memorized. And if you're having struggle, I, I'll, go to the, I'll, I'll go to my grave with it. I'm going to my grave with a lot of things. Some of you can't wait till I die. But if you tell me your weakness, I'll give you some verses that you can memorize. And it's vital to victory. That you memorize those verses and when you're tempted by the devil to do those things. And he tempts everyone. You're, 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 there's not one person in this room he's afraid of. If he took on Jesus, you and I are nothing. You're nothing. He's not afraid to approach Jesus and say, worship me. I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world. They're all mine. You worship me. And Jesus said, get lost. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Memorizing scripture can save your life. I remember in the army, I had a bunch of girlfriends. A couple of them were desperate, wanted to marry me, but something they taught me in church when I was a little boy. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And even though I wasn't walking with the Lord, that verse saved my life. And I ran away from those relationships with speed. You talk about flee. You know, like Joseph. I said, man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be in this. I'm not living for the Lord or anything now, but I am so glad that when I was a boy, 12, 13, 14 in Sunday school, those teachers had me memorize some scriptures. Because when I needed it, I hadn't thought about it in years, and it popped in my mind. I said, I can't do this. i got to get out of here. And man, I got out of there. And... Decided that's it, no more of this stupidity. 
And then Leslie comes along when I get out of the army. And the rest is our history. I don't know what your history is going to be, but I know our history has been wonderful. Because scriptures saved me from doing something stupid. Scriptures, memorized scriptures. The Holy Spirit had something that he could pull out and say, Art, remember this. And I had something to stick the devil with and say, no, I can't do this. God has something better for me. Something better for me. Scripture. I want to encourage you. Now, if you'll take your bulletin, let's just talk about this for a few minutes and we'll close. I've uh, come up with an idea. I think inside of your bulletin, there's a, 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 a bulletin that says basic memory work. Bible memory work. I came up because I'd like to see more participation in this church. We have scripture memories, memorization time every last Sunday night. We could do it even more often. It doesn't, doesn't take that long. But I'd like to give you some suggested, not just Bible verses, but some truths about the Bible, or even just the books of the Bible. That'll help you to know the books of the Bible. We had two new Precious souls up to uh, countryside Thursday night. And, and I knew when I asked them what the answer was going to be, I gave them Bibles and two adults. And I said, do you know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? And I knew what the answer was going to be. Nope. You know what these red letters are for? Nope. You know the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, we heard of those. It is amazing today the ignorance of some of the most basic matters of the Bible. And I want to encourage you to memorize the books of the Bible. Uh, the Old Testament books, the New Testament books, and, and, and then I got some scriptures in here, and I'm going to keep producing these. You don't have to do these in order. You don't have to do any of these. But work on something. When my dad got saved, man, I don't know what happened to him. He just flipped. But uh, he got us into a good church. And we started attending a Bible-believing church in 1969. All we had back then was the King James Bible. Since that time, over 200 different perversions have been written just to confuse people. That's all. It's only, that's the only reason there, not to make it easier. It's just satanic confusion. Stick to the old King James Bible. So my dad got this idea. We should start memorizing Scripture. And he would assign Scripture. Psalm 1. Psalm 23, Psalm 100, the Beatitudes, the Ten Commandments, all kinds of scriptures. And on the 10-minute ride from our house to the new church we were going to, the Bible-believing church, we would spend the time to church and the time home reciting the scriptures that he made us memorize. What a good dad, huh? Boy, I am eternally grateful to him for that because some of that stuff (laughs) saved my bacon more than once. And uh, Dad had us memorizing Scripture. Whenever we had vacation Bible school, they had us memorizing Scripture. Sunday school curriculum, they had us memorizing Scriptures, just memorizing Scripture. And, 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 and as a teenager, they, they, they were loading my boat. So when my boat began to sink, I had something to grab onto. And that was wisdom. Boy, that helped me. Now, we need to get that in our home. Now, maybe some of you moms and dads are here and you're saying, like, I don't know what to do with my family 
for devotions or whatever. Well, here's something you can work on. Just get a bunch of these. We can run off more and say, kids, we're going to try and do some of this stuff. We're going to try to memorize some of these things. I think everybody should know the 23rd Psalm by memory. You know, that's on, on the first page. The books of the Old Testament. Saved by grace. I'm going to have little titles here so you know. Saved by grace. What a wonderful verse. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Everyone should know that. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We should all know that verse. We should all teach that to the lost, because they all think they're going to be saved by their works. We need to show them the scriptures. Now, you don't have to do any of these. You don't have to do these in order. These are just suggestions from your pastor. That's all. But if you want to participate, here's the method I'd like you to use. And that is to learn these and then quote them three consecutive weeks. When I have witnesses down here, witness one, witness two, witness three, that's after a week. Don't go witness one, witness two, witness three within five minutes because that's not memorization. That's just cramming. But you do this for three weeks. Say the books of the Old Testament to somebody and they write their name down, put the date down there. And then you do it again a week later, and then you do it again a week later. There's a better chance you're going to memorize that as you have to learn it week after week after week. The 23rd Psalm, saved by grace. The New Testament books. The evening service, Psalm 134. It's just a short psalm, three verses. The fruit of the Spirit. We should all know that. Just so we can evaluate, how am I doing? How am I doing? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I should go through those nine characteristics of the fruit and say, how am I doing? Am I really walking in the Spirit? Is God changing me on the back? You can learn the names of the twelve apostles. Praise ye the Lord, a short psalm, Psalm 117, or our adversary. We talked about him this morning on the back page, bottom right. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, your temptations aren't unique. George Mueller said by the time he was 20 years old, he had committed every single sin possible that a young man could commit. 20 years of age. He said he'd done it all. But then he went to a Wednesday night prayer meeting, got saved, changed his whole life. In the next 75 years, he would live as one of the greatest men of faith that have ever walked this earth because he learned the Bible. He read the Bible over 300 times in his life, 200 times rather, in his, his life, and he learned the Word of God. That's vital to victory. Vital to victory. It's not just to read, but to memorize the Word of God. And then if you want to use these, you don't have to, but if you want to use these on Sunday nights when we have Scripture memorization, Come up to the microphone, I'll sign off for you. We'll give you a little slack if you make a mistake or two or something, no problem. We love you. Uh, maybe you want to do this as a family and say, family, we're going to learn the 23rd Psalm. We're all going to stand up in front of God's church someday. We're going to quote the 23rd Psalm or something else. We're going to quote the books of the Old Testament. We're going to do it as a family. Or get your friend, or you have a wife, your, your wife, get your wife. Have a wife? You got a wife? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Bring her. But uh, maybe the two of you, just, just, just say something together. Just say something together. Just, just, start, just start working on scriptures. Come on now. Come on now. We're spending too much time wasting our minds on the things of this world.
maybe this will help. Or, or I'll come out. I'll come up with some other ones. Important doctrines. The weather verse. What's the weather verse? Anyone know the weather verse? What's the weather verse? We talk about it here every winter. What? Weather, W-A-E-A-T-H-E-R, like snow, blizzards. What did you say, Psalm 118.24? I think that's what he said, right? That's right. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, when it's slush out, you know, and it's, yeah, that'll get you through the winter. It's the winter weather. It's the weather verse. I quote that all winter around here. I've survived 65 of them. They haven't got me down yet. And uh, so I'll give you some verses, but boy, please, just, just let's, let's get it. The names of the apostles. We'll have the names of the 12 tribes of Israel and other stuff coming up. Just good Bible knowledge to know some basics. The names of the judges. And, uh, uh, but... Go home and just say, hey, kids, you know, before we leave, we're going we're gonna to all start eating together as a family in the night. Amen? There's a good idea. Amen? That's something we should do. Or lunch or whatever you can do. We're going to all eat together. We're not going to just fly out of here and play with our cell phones. And, we're gonna, and then after we eat, we're going to take five minutes together as a family. And we're going to just start saying this over and over and over and over and over again. And we're going to get this down. We're going to learn some verses. Uh, and and you you never know you might be saving your kids' lives in the future, because as soon as they get out of your home, boy, are they going to be tempted. Boy, are they going to be tempted. We need to get them to hone their swords, get that thing nice and sharp, and learn how to use that thing. Learn when to use that thing. Amen. Well, in closing the service. Uh, I'm going to do something different than that. Turn to page 790, 790. I don't think this was a very good week. You know, in ways. Uh, Brother Troel was murdered in Iraq on Monday. An hour later, Pastor Neeson died. Then the next day was election day. Boy, that was a hoot. But that week's over, amen? Today's Sunday, the first day of the week. We got a new week. I love this song here. God is still on the throne. The elections did not affect the fact that God is still on the throne. Amen? So don't let it affect you. God is still on the throne. Whoever's going to be in charge in federal government, state government, local government, God is still on the throne. And whatever you're going through, these, these four verses will probably hit something you're going through. As we sing this, you say, I'm going through that. God is still on the throne. So let's get a smile on our face before we leave church today. Let's stand together. 790.